from tragedy to poetry, how writing can help process grief and adversity with Patricia B. Scholler, the author of Grief Hurts, on episode 272 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Terribly. Now, in the past, I like to journal things. That's how I process. And actually what was happening as I was watching this unfold on TV, the next day, reading it in the paper, that night, I think as I shared with you, the Eagle Rock Reservation, about half a mile away from my home, is an unobstructed view from here to New York City. So my partner and I got in the car and we went over, and just about everybody was up there. That knows the area, so we got to see the smoke. But the point is, I guess for me processing, I started to write it down, but it was coming out in poetic form. Okay. I didn't, it's just how that happened. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful. And this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello, good people. Welcome to Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. Pleasure and a privilege to have you join me today as I come to you from the Loft Home Studio just outside of Indianapolis, Indiana, where I'm here to offer you a good word, a good word of peace and prosperity and purpose for those of you who are looking to overcome some adversity in your life, be it depression, divorce, disease, debt, death, any aspect of life which is holding you back, and to grow through what you go through. You can find me at drbradmiller.com. That's where you can find over 270 episodes of this podcast designed to be helpful to you and also find out more about our coaching and our courses there. We're here to be helpful. Today, we're talking about grief. We're talking about a woman who experienced a share of her share of grief in her life and tragedy and loss and has found a way to write about it and to share about it, which is helpful to you. Patricia Scholler was living in New Jersey when the tragic events of 9-11 unfolded. She vividly remembers the morning of September 11, 2001, when she was having a cup of coffee and saw the news of the first plane crashing into the World Trade Center. And as the second plane hit the second tower, the reality of the situation set in. Patricia was among the millions of people affected by the 9-11 attacks, which forever changed the United States and the world and set the stage for how Patricia, Pat, would deal with grief in her own life and has something to offer to you. I was privileged to have a conversation with Pat, who's written a book about grief. It's called Grief Hurts. And there she shares her experiences dealing with the personal and the communal tragedies like the 9-11 attacks, but also the COVID crisis 
and more personally the loss of a partner. Pat explains how poetry has been a form of journaling for her, and it helps navigate complex emotions and experiences. In today's podcast, we explore how individuals can cope with tragedy and adversity, whether it's of the mental aspect or physical health issues or financial or the loss of a loved one. Pat offers helpful strategies for processing and coping with grief and trauma, including finding a connection to something greater than yourself, whether it's through religion or meditation or a faith journey. So I invite you to tune in today to hear Pat's inspiring and the raw story of her own loss and grief and how it led her to her writing journey and eventually writing several books, including her latest book of poetry, Grief Hurts. Her website is patriciascholler.com. That's P-A-T-R-I-C-I-A-S-C-H-O-E-L-E-R.com. Let's get into our conversation with Pat Scholler about Grief Hurts right now. Our special guest today is an expert in that, and especially in terms of sharing through the through poetry and through writing. Her name is Patricia Scholler, and we welcome Patricia Pat Scholler to Beyond Adversity. Welcome. Thank you, Brett. It's so nice for you to have me. Thank you. Pat, it is a delight to have you on our podcast here today. And we had some good chats before we got started today about some of your experiences that you've had in your life. And your latest book is about grief, but I'd like to take you back to some of the tragic events that may have happened in your life that helped form you. You said you you told me earlier that you wrote one of your first writings after the 9-11 tragedy. Tell me about that. What kind of precipitated that? What did you, you live in New Jersey, not too far away from where in New York City, but tell us what, what you experienced that day and how that kind of led to you having a writing, expressing yourself in writing. Okay. Yes. In New Jersey, we're about eight, eight and a half miles away from New York City and the Twin Towers. So on that September morning, I was just sitting having a, a cup of coffee at breakfast and it came across the TV about the plane flying into the World Trade Center. And as shocking as that was, your first thought is maybe a small plane. There was a tragedy that went into the building. But when they showed the picture and we saw it was an airliner, it, it was just like a total shock and disbelief still thinking it was a terrible tragedy. But when the second plane went into the second tower, that's when we knew something was we, horrible. We, we all knew for sure then that something was terribly wrong. Terribly. Now, in the past, I like to journal things. That's how I process. And actually what was happening as I was watching this unfold on TV, the next day, reading it in the paper, that night, I think, as I shared with you, the Eagle Rock Reservation, about half a mile away from my home, is an unobstructed view from here to New York City. So my partner and I got in the car and we went over, and just about everybody was up there wow. that knows the area, so we got to see the smoke. But the point is, I guess for me processing, I started to write it down, but it was coming out in poetic form. 
Okay. I didn't. It's just how that happened. But I was taking things to process from the news, from the newspaper, different things I heard. And then, as I said, my partner and I realized that I was writing down, like history has facts. And these indeed are facts, but there was feelings that went along with it. Absolutely. And you know, whatever I could pick up, I just did. And that's how I processed it. So you're taking the facts of what you were experiencing, the terrible tragedy and 9-11 tragedy when our the Twin Towers in New York City were attacked in 2001 and you process it through it came out in your writing which you were doing journaling before that's a personal thing but you were now writing in terms of prose and poetry and that came out for you and so let's talk about this tragedy that happened to you and now you're writing now some 20 plus years later about grief. So this is still a part of your life, isn't it? About how to process sad events or unfortunate events, about how to process them through writing. Is that still a part of what you are all about? All about? Yes, actually, after my 9-11 book, I have a book, Reflections on Life, which took all the poems I've been writing over the years, because I worked in the corporate world for 34 years. Okay. So I came in contact with a lot of friends different circumstances in life and I would write them down and again it came out with everything every aspect of life is in that book including grief but there's a lot of happy things too yeah so and being truthfully I've just as a kid I've always been very empathetic so if something happens to someone I live it or I feel okay. it all right and now it comes out homes so the book's Reflections on Life covers life, death, happiness, family woes, every life circumstances there is. Yeah. My That's... latest book, Grief Hurts, came about because my partner passed away. Okay. And that was my way of working my way through this. Wow. That's a you've what you've shared here is that you've had least these two circumstances, those other things in life that are relatively common. They're tragic, but they're common. You witnessed a tragic event for a mass disaster. You witnessed at least the aspects of that with the 9-11 tragedy. And so many of us who can witness tragedy, the COVID crisis being the latest one where many people were impacted around the world and we can have empathy for that. So I'm trying to think that's a corporate nature or kind of a communal nature of the tragedy. And then you also had a very personal with the loss of your partner. It's what I'd like to go with you here a little bit is how we can learn some things about what you've written about and what you've experienced in kind of both aspects and how it can be applied to our audience, which are people who have their own situation of pain. Adversity means that we are dealing with some issue. It might be a mental health issue. It might be physical health issue. It might be a tragedy, a loss of life of someone close to us. Could be being in financial debt, any number of things that could be the case. But we want to offer good help for them. What do you think that you've learned out of your experiences and what you did by writing? What are some of the actions that you took or that people might be able to take in order to process tragedy or adversity? What are some of the actions that you took and maybe others can take as well? Grief is universal, like you said, and it can take all kinds of forms. It's not only death, but it could be loss of a job. It could be loss of marriage. Grief is universal. And I found going to a grief group did help. 
because there's other people going through the same thing. It's actually through them that I decided to share the poems that I had because I would write what I was feeling and then I would share it with a group. And the universal thing was, you're able to put into words what we're feeling. We just don't know how to say it. And it, it's a very personal book. It's raw. It's not something you sit down, start beginning to end because it's a process. But the fact that I can help some people with it is really all I want to do. Sure. You know? I'm here at least three things of what you're sharing here, Pat. You, after Whitney's and experiencing the tragedy, you, number one is you wrote about it. You took the action of writing and you also took the action of being a part of, of groups of a group to help process this yourself to work groups. And then it looks like you're giving back to others. You want to, you said you want to help other people. So that's a giving back sort of thing. So that's awesome. That's my purpose. And your writing is following through in that purpose. And that's great. Pat, what do you think are some of the, uh, when we talk about ultimate stuff, life and death stuff here, which is really what we're talking about. I forget how many people lost their lives in 9-11, but it was in the thousands and really close to 3,000. I think. But it continues to this day. There are people with diseases and whatnot that are in mental trauma and generational. It's generational now. I know in the sense of passed on the generations of people who grew up without a dad or mom or whatever the circumstances would be, the mental health has parts of this as well as the, so there's, there's that. And then the loss of your partner and those type of things, it's all life and death issues or dramatic trauma issues. People going through a divorce or other things go to your soul is what I'm trying to get about. So what do you think, exactly. are the, what are the connections, if any, do you think about having some connection to something greater than self? It might be religion. It might be meditation. It might be a faith journey. What role does that play in helping people process grief and trauma? For me personally, if it wasn't for my faith, I don't think I would be where I am. It's a deep faith. It's Tell me more how that manifests for you. How does that, how do you live that out? Okay. It, I guess maybe I'm very spiritual. Like I can't quote Bible quotes, that sort of thing. I really can't. It's just a spiritual feeling that I have. So that the prayer gives me peace. I believe in heaven. I believe we're all going to get together again one day. And I just want to be a good person to others. But like I said, without my faith, I don't think I could be the way I am. Are you still, you mentioned journaling as a part of your process. Is that still a part of your process that you do? Oh, yeah. Yes. Because even though I wrote the book, I published it up to a certain point. But I would say I'd have at least another 60 poems after that because Grief hits you when you least expect it, and it's not always convenient, and it's not always pretty. Let me put it that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, things can trigger your grief, can't they? It could be a song on the radio. It could be, I don't know, seeing somebody in the park. It could be any number of things can't can trigger your wave of grief and sadness. Exactly. So I always have either a piece of paper and pencil or my phone or something because when something comes to me, if I don't write it down, it's gone, if that makes sense. Oh, of course it does. But of course it does. Something will happen, and then I write it. And that's how I get through that moment. 
part of what I'm getting at is a lot of folks, myself included, use journaling as a spiritual practice, a practice of going a little deeper into the spiritual life. It doesn't have to be necessarily scriptural or biblical, but it can part of the process of journaling. I got my journal right next to me where I'm sitting at right now. It's a part of that process. Do you agree with that? That can be spiritual practice, journaling? I totally agree with what you just said, totally. And when you think about it, what we journal and what we put down, you can't always say to someone else, especially if they're not going through it, they don't get it. At this point, some people that don't know will say, haven't you moved on yet? Or when are you going to get over it? And these are things you don't. Yeah. So you internalize it. <laughs> you know? There's certain things you shouldn't say. There are certain things that should just not helpful. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there may be certain things you can journal about that is just for you or for you and your creator or just for you that there are certain things you want to share and certain things you want to keep close. Is that a fair thing to say? Absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah. I and, agree as well. And that's why it was, it's very hard. I thought long and long and hard before I published it. But again, like I said, the people in the group said, hey, grief is universal. Everybody's feeling some aspect of it. And if you can help someone else go, wow, I'm not the only one that feels that way. That's an area where the group helped you to process it, not only internally, but to share it with others. Yeah. Is that, yeah, you sound like the group has been important to you in that aspect in terms of not only sharing your story, but sharing your story. Fair enough? Fair enough. Yeah. And I believe, truthfully, if I can just say this with the grief groups, if you can get into one that is similar to what you're going through, because there's certain, as right. I said, there's certain losses that maybe you can't quite connect to. Yeah. I agree with that totally. My my own father died several years ago. My mother's been in a grief support group for widows pretty much ever since then, and that's been helpful to her. So you want to have the kind of the proper context, if that's what I'm hearing you say, of, the, of your grief group? Yes, you said it perfectly, context, yes. Let me talk to you about, about we talked about journaling a little bit as a way of the process, but the way this has emerged for you is through poetry. And uh, I'd like to hear about your process of writing poetry or why you th how that works for you. Because I like to think about process. What I mean by that is certain people go through grief and other things in different ways. Some people exercise, for instance, or some people go and just take a, take a long trip or something like that. But it sounds to me like poetry has been your way. So tell us about how you have used poetry and maybe how, when you come to write a po poem, how does that work for you? It's simplistic and funny in a way, because somebody had asked me, who, what kind of poetry do you like and who influenced you? And I'm like, this sounds funny, but I don't read poetry. Mine okay. is kind of, it comes out like a hallmark chord. In other words, the thought comes out, it just happens to rhyme. But when you read it, you know exactly what you're reading. Because not saying anything, but some poetry is some so deep that when I'm done with it, I'm like, I don't know what I read. <laughs> so it sounds to me, you correct me if I'm wrong here, it sounds to me, you mentioned me coming out of the corporate world, for instance, it sounds to me like your background, like you, were you a creative writing student in college or this type of thing? Or would, tell me about your background that led you to this. Is that any part of your background? 
because <laughs> no. I worked in a business office, so I didn't go to college. So are you telling uh, me the business office you worked at, they weren't having a lot of calls for poet, poetic sheets of their profit and loss statements or whatever? <laughs> no, I worked at what's now known as Verizon, but it was New Jersey Bell at the time. My only creative stuff at that point is when my, uh, my friends and employees, when they were having kids, I would end up writing their birth announcements. Okay. And that kind of rhyme, like two, two. So you had some creative ways of doing that. It wasn't just happy birthday or happy new baby. It was something creative regarding the people and that kind of thing. Yeah. So whatever their business was, I made it go with that. Let's go but, back to your process now. I just was curious okay. about your background because a lot of people, for instance, my mother is a retired English teacher and she knows all the, all the, these, the various writing aspects there about this, but you come from a very practical, pragmatic, heartfelt place. Is that right? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. My process is like a friend, when you were saying about the COVID, that was being a major disaster. Sure. A friend of mine lost her husband in the beginning to COVID. Okay. And she was sharing the story with me and I ended up crying with her because being separated from your loved one, not being able to be there. But when I came home, I sat down and write this whole poem. And when I showed it to her, made her cry some more, but it was almost, she said it was almost like you were the one who lost. Yeah. That's your empathy showing through, wasn't it? That's yes. awesome. And sharing tears together means you are, have a, I'm just reading into this now. You tell me if I'm right or wrong, but it leads to some sense of mutual experience, some bonding that you can have a shared grief experience, if you will. Is that fair? As fair, yes. Now, the other day, I'm not sure where this fits in, but you said how it happens. Yeah, how it does. I'm, I'm interested in the process you go through, yes. The process. I was watching the news the other day, and you know how we have all these problems with violence and things oh, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Yep. And for some reason, it just triggered something in me, and I sat down and I wrote this long poem about just that process. I'm not sure what to do with it. I don't know what book it would fit in, but it helped me to get my frustration out. But I did show it to a few friends and they agreed with what it said. Basically, it was like how everybody wants to blame everybody else for something. Yeah, yeah. Rather than taking responsibility ourselves. And sometimes so they blame them in a violent and sometimes fatal way, which is the tragedy. One of the major tragedies of our time, I think. Yeah. And that's, I guess, what I was leading up to that my book, Reflections on Life, does just that. It touches everything. But that other poem was my latest one. So my process is when I hear it and I'm moved by it, I just end up writing about it. So you and sit down on a piece of paper or your uh, word processor and just do it, huh? I used to do a piece of paper, which I had with me everywhere. But now with the iPhone and stuff, I just... I write it in an email to myself. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So your latest book of poems is, and if, we'll look for that one in the next book, I think, but let's talk about grief hurts for yes. a little bit. And if you, I don't know if you have it prepared or not, and I, I should have asked you to do this, but I'd love to hear a poem out of that book if you have that available, but if not, that's okay. But the, anyhow, I just wanted to, why did you write this particular book? You mentioned it's about your losing your partner, but who's it for as well? It was for me, you know, because those poems were very personal, getting them out. Yeah. But who's it for? It's for anybody 
that is experienced in grief of any kind. Uh, I guess it's for anybody who's experiencing grief is the only way I'm out of it. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. if it's someone, sounds to me, especially if it's someone close to them. So would you be in a position to be able to share one of the poems with us and our, our audience? If not, that's okay. But I wanted to see if you might be able to do that. I have one poem that if, if I can try and find it, but it was in a, it was yeah, in the Reflections thing. But Yeah, cool. What, if you got one to share from Reflections or the new book, either way, it would be great. Okay. Remember we were talking about our faith, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, see if I can find it. Do I have a second just to- Yeah, you're fine. Go ahead, look for it. Okay. It's to give you a story, it's called a change of address. And it this is spiritual because my partner and I were at a funeral in Florida. Okay. And the priest just happened to say that it was a change of address to him. Yeah, interesting. And, it yeah. Was, and everybody laughed when it was said, but it stuck in my mind, like a lot. So when we got to the car, I said, please don't say anything. And I took out my piece of paper and pencil and I had to write down this poem. Wow. I'll read it to you. Please. But I specialize it now and I give it to family members who have lost someone. Oh, okay. How awesome. This Point, there's over 200 that I've given out already. Wonderful. But it's called a change of address. One bright sunny day at the funeral for a friend, the priest advised, it's just the beginning. It's not the end. Church registries right after their names rest in peace. Peace is what we'd wish for our loved ones at the very least. But to him, he says, it's just a change of address. This is such a wonderful concept, I must confess. Everyone laughed when it was said by the priest, but it's a comforting thought for all of our deceased. Now they feel nothing but love as they laugh and they live. Wouldn't we want this for them if it was ours to give? So we know they are happy in their new home with their loved ones there and never alone. Life everlasting is what we are taught to believe. It's God's word, so we must try not to grieve. Wow, what a wonderful tribute. And you said you personalize that in certain situations. That's great. Yes. What I do is I put down the date they were born, the date they died in a graphic with their picture and their name. So I insert their name in the poem. What a generous and loving and caring gift that is. And I appreciate it so much because I've seen, I've conducted I don't know exactly how number, but over 200 funerals I've conducted in my career as a pastor. And I know those things that are the most meaningful are those very personal things, poems or readings or reflections like that. And that's that's awesome. So I appreciate that. And that, that leads me to how I want to steer our conversation just for our last couple of minutes together. And that is, you really are devoted to giving something back to others, aren't you, Pat? You really want to do that, don't you? I do. I really do. So that leads me to this thing. How you've expressed really sharing your gift with the world here. So what feedback have you got from others? Or tell me more about this, the sharing with the world and any response people have given to you, readers of your book or friends or family or others who have reflected with you, what you've done here. What I've, especially my family, especially with the change of address, like they'll call and say, Aunt Pat, could you make one for such and They've shared my books with people in need, people that I've worked with, 
also when they read it, they want to share it with others. And that means the world to me, because like I said, they said, you made such and so very happy with this particular book or this passage. And that, that that's, I don't want to say it, it, it makes me feel good. Sure. It warms my heart. It's a great, it's a great, it's a great affirmation. And I bet that's part of what keeps you going, doesn't it? Absolutely. It's the only thing. <laughs> that's your you know, purpose. You, you don't make money off it. That's for sure. Yeah. So I don't, that's not what I'm looking for at all. Sure. I preach uh, just for one perspective as a person who's dealt with and still dealing with people in grief and things. I thank you for the gift you're giving for people in this particular situation in life. It's a gift. It's a true gift. And uh, thank you for sharing out of your own pain. Not everybody's willing to do that out of your own personal pain and your observations. And that's a good thing. So Pat, I think you got a gift that needs to be shared with others. And so if others are listening to our podcast here today, Tell folks how they can find out more about you personally or about your books or how they can get connected to you. Tell us how people can find you. I think the easiest way now is going on Amazon. That seems to be where most of the sales are coming from. Like you insert my name, Patricia Scholler, and then it comes up with uh, all three books. And your latest book is Grief Hurts. Yes. And your name you're, we've been talking as Pat and Brad here about your website. Just go ahead and give us your website, if you don't mind. www.patriciasholler.com. Do you mind spelling that for us so people can get that down? Sure. P-A-T-R-I-C-I-A-S-C-H-O-E-L-E-R. And then the dot .com. .com. Of course. Yes. We'll put, I will share that we will put connections links to everything about patriciasholler.com at our website at drbradmiller.com and want to say a word of appreciation for being our guest today she's the author of three books of poetry which could be helpful to you the latest being grave hurts her name is patricia pat scholler thank you for being our guest today on beyond adversity what an absolutely cool and fascinating person uh, pat scholler is the author of Grief Hurts. I enjoyed this episode and I hope that you did too. I hope it benefits you, it's particularly if grief is a part of your life experience, as it is for, for most of us. And maybe her writing and her poetry and her processes that she talks about can be helpful to you. Let's talk about three takeaway points that I got from our conversation today that maybe you can take them with you and apply them to your life. Number one is that poetry can be an effective form of journaling and processing complex emotions and experiences, particularly when you're dealing with something like grief. You might want to give it a try. Secondly, I love her concept about uh, death as a change of address. And that can be a bit of a comforting thought for those of us who've lost loved ones. And a part of that process, it's also important to seek support from others who are experiencing a similar uh, hardship. Grief shared with one another is a good thing. And the third thing is connecting with a bigger purpose beyond oneself. And whether it's through religion or meditation or a faith journey, that can help you navigate through the tragedies in life and the difficult life events like losing a partner grief, trauma, all these events, they can be helpful to you. 
So you know, I'm going to pick up her book, Grief Hurts. You can find it at Amazon or at her website. You can find out more about her there. Her website is patriciascholer.com, P-A-T-R-I-C-I-A-S-C-H-O-E-L-E-R.com. Her name is Pat Scholler. The book is Grief Hurts, and she was our guest today on episode 272 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. We're so glad you joined us today, as this is the podcast where we look to help you to grow through what you go through. You can always find me at drbradmiller.com for over 270 episodes now of this podcast designed to help you to crush adversity and achieve your life of peace and prosperity and purpose. You can find more about us, uh, more, uh, more about me and about what we offer in our courses and coaching at drbradmiller.com. We hope that you'll join us next time here on Beyond Adversity, where we bring you more stories and more people, more experts to come into your life to speak into the adversities that may strike you. Depression, divorce, disease, debt, death. We speak to them all here on Beyond Adversity. Until next time, friends, I am Dr. Brad Miller, encouraging you to always do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.